Hello and welcome to Cancre, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith and we and... go ahead. I was just going to say we're joined by, but yeah. Oh, I'm I'm Sebastian. Uh, 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 joining you from Ottawa, which uh, from the looks of it looking outside, uh, we might be getting yet another tornado warning. It seems to be the year of tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. The weather's really taking you for a spin over there at the moment, eh? Yep, I, I haven't gotten any alerts or anything. It's just been warm all day, but when it's warm with a cold breeze, mm. not cool, not unseasonably low temperature, but cold. Mm -hmm. I had to put on a hoodie earlier. Oh my! Uh, yeah, that's tornado weather. Yeah, but I I don't know. Whatever. I think only one of them has actually touched down and done any damage so far this year, and I think it was a couple farms. Which you know, uh, my heart goes out to those individuals. Oh no no did... no! In in Barhaven, it took some of the roofs off. Yeah, okay. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ago. Well, yeah, yeah. nobody got hurt, though, right? Um, I mean, some feelings. And, okay. You know, garden okay. gnomes. Those, are, you know, they they were pretty roughed up. Um, but yeah, no, weather's crazy. I also saw a couple of days ago that it was snowing in Calgary, in the middle of oh, summer. It's Calgary. It's Canada. This is. I true. mean, uh, Canada moment wild. right there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, one day you're wearing a a, a, a thong end of list because it's the surface <laughs> of the sun outside and then the next day you're like where's my toque it's it's <laughs> definitely definitely canada just uh oh yes <laughs> yeah we get the we get the, the the crosswinds from both the the caribbean and the arctic we're yeah. we're kind of halfway between those two what a wild ride what? we think of ourselves as being in the north but you know that toronto's at the same uh latitude Is no meridian is that the right word? Yeah, no, the the yeah, the same latitude as uh, Madrid. Oh. We're not as far north as we think we are. Speaking of Madrid, they're having an election happening soon, and people are rather concerned about uh, what uh, may come of it. I think there's mm -hmm. a they're, they're not expecting anyone to particularly pull out ahead, and they might yeah. need to be a coalition government uh, in Spain. And yeah, uh, most European countries are coalition governments. Yeah. That was the the big news that I saw last week was, oh my god, uh, ultra right wing government wins election in the Netherlands. Except it was a farmers party, which is kind of like a pretty easygoing type of conservatism, and it was a coalition government, and they just had the largest slice of the coalition at fifteen percent. That's not really yeah, that seems to happen a lot <laughs> as well, and we know that in uh, in Spain, the reason why it's raising concern is because they suspect. I mean, the election hasn't even happened yet, mm. but they suspect that uh, I think it's the, the sort of more right to center conservatives that will be elected may need to rely on the far more far more right of center, smaller parties mm. to uh, to to run. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. But yeah, you mentioned Madrid, and I realized that uh, there was a small Spanish story in the news this week. You always have to bear in mind the details, though, when you're looking at um, especially European countries and South Africa, actually, which also has this issue, that they tend to have so many parties that when you're talking about the ruling party, you're looking at somebody who has like 10 to 20 percent of the seats not of the popular vote of the seats and they're a coalition government and it's not as powerful or as dangerous as it comes across i mean it, there's always details with stories like this uh, elections i mean if you're not in a a two-party system like the u.s um it's always going to be a lot more complicated even here in canada even with just uh three and a half parties because let's be <laughs> honest the 
you you can actually you can fill in which party is the half party yourself in your own brain. But are we, uh, are we including uh, <laughs> the the block, or are we not including the block? Oh, true. You forgot about them, didn't you? I forgot about them. Yeah, I did forget about them. <laughs> well, I Three can't and vote and for them parties, where I am, unless yeah. you're in Quebec, in which case, uh, yeah, five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. Um, yeah, it, the the details matter when it comes to this kind of thing. So it's at first when I heard about that about the Netherlands, and then I saw what kind of conservatives they are. They were just like infrastructure, funding schools, like mm -hmm. basic the 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 sort of like the easygoing kind of conservatism. I was like, I believe eh. they were also looking at rolling back some of the environmental measures, mainly because of the impact it's had on their uh, their viability. Uh, well, I think it was the the speed. And the uh, scale of environmental mm -hmm. measures that the Dutch government rolled out that was particularly uh, difficult mm -hmm. for Dutch farmers to respond to. We're not a Dutch agricultural uh, show, <laughs> so let's uh, let's maybe move on to something gayer. Uh, Troy Savan has mm -hmm. been all over the news. Now, have you listened to his track, Rush? I, I I watched it earlier. You asked me, uh, was I familiar with the controversy with Rush? And all I could think was the Canadian progressive adult contemporary rock band. It was either that uh, or the DJ, uh, <laughs> shock, uh, shock jock uh, host Rush Limbaugh, maybe. But uh... I, I mean, I was I was more interested in the Canadian uh, progressive rock band, which, you know, YYZ is a masterpiece, but I couldn't understand why that would be news. Um, then I just put it into Google, Google and then I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> Troy Sivan did a thing. Um, I think that's 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 one of the reasons why I want to put a pin in the word controversy, because MTV doesn't have the power that it used to have. Music videos don't have the mm. significance that they used to have. When, when Madonna made a music video with a burning cross in it and a black Jesus, that made the news. That made national debates. That was literally talked about in the government in the United States. I don't think it has that kind of impact well, anymore. It's interesting because I thought it might be worth discussing the music video for the Troy Sivan uh, song Rush mainly in the context of how that discussion has unfolded within the queer community. Yes. And, you know, yes. like for queer folks, it's, you know, really mm. interesting. It's interesting you talk about, like, uh, the Black Jesus and Burning Cross with Madonna, because mm. if we roll back to Sam Smith's uh, I'm Not Here to Make Friends, mm. that was a segment on Fox News. That was a, a whole episode of the Good Morning UK TV show. Like, people had very strong opinions and you about, know yeah i'm sure piers morgan also talked about oh, it for a full two weeks oh, uh, but undoubtedly. It's... i think there's a boycott against samsung <laughs> you know it's yeah yeah there's definitely uh yeah people are uh were outraged and it was more about the fact that people were concerned that sam smith who identifies as non-binary uh, who is on the larger side i think you know is uh, they are quite comfortable in in sort of uh, expressing the the larger size in their mm -hmm. music video is very much about um, demonstrating their sexuality in a way that they are most confident with. But like at mm -hmm. one point, we're swinging from a chandelier, and I'm like, well, we've seen that in in music videos. At one point, someone was spraying uh, spraying them with water in a somewhat suggestive manner. Also, mm -hmm. we've seen that elsewhere. But the fact that uh, this was a, a big artist, non-binary, their body was on the larger side, mm -hmm. um, ruffled a lot of feathers. And then we get to now, 
where mm-hmm. we have Troy Savan, who, if he turns sideways, he may disappear from view. You know, mm-hmm. the, he is incredibly slim and slender. Um, mm-hmm. And in the music video, all of the other people in it were also incredibly slim and slender. You know, it was... Well, to be fair, most of the other people in the music video were professional dancers. Yes. The the choreography was quite excellent. I liked uh, the choreography. I actually, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the music video. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, uh-huh. I mean, they all reminded me of, uh, folks may be familiar with Timothy Chalamet. Mm. They, uh, a lot of the music video uh, dancers and, and even Troy Savan have a similar sort of body shape to Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of uh, smaller stature, thinner frame, you know, and there's a lot of, like, people exist, and that is a body type that exists in the world. D&D Archer. Who? D&D Archer. An, an archer from Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, I see. D&D yeah. Archer. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I thought it was, like, yeah, a yeah, name, yeah. D&D. I was like, oh, is <laughs> They're that always like an Australian being, actor, maybe? I don't know. Like, tall and skinny, narrow waist, broad shoulders. Long exactly. arms, yeah. Exactly. Although, really, uh, to draw a war bow, you need to be able to pick up a hundred and ten pound child with with two fingers. Like uh, actual archers were way stronger, but that's completely aside the point. Um, yeah, no, a lot of them were, were were slender because if you're a professional dancer and you practice for eight hours a day, six days a week, you tend to lose weight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, I that didn't phase me at all. There were yeah. a lot of background characters who were just sort of lounging about who are more variation in their body types but the dancers were shaped like how dancers are often shaped it's interesting that the backlash seems to have come from the gay community and i'm calling foul a little bit here i am i i referred to myself recently as not a slim chicken um i think i was i think i was mixing metaphors at the time but i like it and i'm gonna stick with it i am not a slim chicken um okay but uh you know i bring it up because Troy Savan, uh, you know, has been very unapologetically queer in the music that he makes. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. Bloom, uh, mm-hmm. which was a thinly veiled metaphor for um, a particularly gay activity um, mm-hmm. in his earlier album. And Rush is actually, it's primarily about the use of poppers. Um, being Rush is the name of one of the brands of uh, amyl nitrates that are also very popular in the gay community. So, right. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, this Australian singer is unapologetically and very much um, singing to the queer experience that he has lived, you know. And somebody mentioned in sort of the debate that's unfolding around this video that you know, if you think about the group of friends that you have, and it reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, an interview interview with, uh, um, oh, I forget who it was, but they were saying about, you know, you, you don't have in your group of friends the one Asian person, the one black person, the one uh, indigenous person, the one white person. You don't have a, like, a po- like a Pokemon Rolodex of, uh, a Pokedex of uh, it, it, one of every not friend. A- Disney streaming service TV show sitcom. Yeah, yeah. usually yeah. you are, you know, if you live in a diverse neighborhood, then you're going to have something that's more reflective. But generally speaking, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. And that exists throughout life. And yeah. when you look at this music video from Troy Savan, they all look somewhat similar 
to Troy Savan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I think for somebody who's creating a music video that reflects their passions, their lived experience, mm-hmm. uh, my understanding was that the video was inspired by, and the song was inspired by um, going out to the clubs in Sydney, in Australia, and, and sort of who he was with and who he um, saw. That mm-hmm. music video makes all the sense in the world. But we have a, mm-hmm. we have a friend in common who took significant umbrage oh. to uh, to this particular music video. Yeah, you asked me, you, you instead of actually just saying, you said, go look it up yourself. And all I could find was complaints of people who didn't realize that Troy Sivan was Australian and people who didn't realize that he was gay. Um, to which, to both, I was like, that's weird. Um, a lot of, actually, a lot of Australian musicians go under the radar where people don't, like, a lot of people don't realize that Sia is Australian or the Minogue sisters. People forget Danny exists. Danny actually had a really Mm. good career in the nineties, but yeah, the Minogue sisters are Australian. It's really weird. People forget about them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I know common was, was talking about, um, this idea that who you represent speaks volumes to your values. It speaks volumes to, uh, the, the space that's being taken up and, and so on and so forth as if, Mm. Almost as if every music video is a statement. It's a billboard on on where gays are at right now. Um, oh man, sometimes you know? it ain't that deep, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you just want to make just a pretty boys dancing, you know. You just want to make a music video in an airship, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, which I, I don't even remember which one that that was, but it was a Jennifer Lopez video, and it was like a big rave. And at the end, they had like this the the bay doors open. It turns out the whole thing was on a, an air. It was all CG, but still, it was just she just wanted to have a thing on an airship, so they had a thing on an airship. It's not that deep. Airships are cool. Get mm-hmm. over it, you know. And and you know, queer artists are allowed to do the same thing. They're allowed to say, you know, like I I I really like uh I don't know Vikings. So let's let's have our song. Be all about Vikings. No reason. I just think they're. I just think they're neat, you know. And I don't know. Not everything has to be representative of everything. This is one of the things that I don't like about identity culture. That everything has to be symbolic of something. Everything has to represent something. Everything has to be a, a, a signifier of both yourself and of the greater culture. And sometimes you just want to say, you know, I, I, I just really like tacos. You know, the the best pasta sauce recipe ever that I ever got was from a Daft Punk music video. So, I mean, it, it was just a music video where there's an old lady making pasta sauce. And it is Revolution 909 at the bottom and had the recipe and then what she was doing as she was doing. It was great. No reason. Daft Punk just, they're from Paris. So, of course, they like food. That's it. It's not that deep, you know, and I, I don't understand why everything has to mean something. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it does. I get that. You know, they're, you're an artist. The whole point is that it means something. But sometimes, you know, all you're trying to express is, you know, hey, man, I like swimming pools. Like, it's it's okay. Well, Troy Savan has spoken to his new song, Rush, and really was talking about, uh, like I said earlier, that lived experience of being queer in, in Sydney. And, and uh, he wanted it to be about those... Uh, you go out on a date, you go dancing, and and one date, you know, one day turns into the day and the night, and then the weekend, and then you're, you know, it's a summer crush, and it's about that that I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can empathize with that 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 heat and intensity, and that 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 sweatiness, and and just the 
the, the blur of energy that happens when you're sort of wrapped up in that young love. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the music video does a great job of sort of demonstrating that. And I think that that makes sense to me. Is it a billboard statement on fat phobia in the gay community? Maybe, maybe, perhaps, possibly. But the gay community has been struggling with fat phobia for decades, absolutely decades. You know, I was talking to one of our other hosts here, and uh, we were talking about the gay male obsession with fitness and health, mm. you know, and how it permeates our culture in so many ways. You know, how what's seen as good and attractive is so, so tied to, to good health. And, you know, there's there's links in terms of how men have represented in media, but mm. there's also links to, um, you know, the HIV crisis and the fact that if you weren't seen as the healthiest healthy person ever, mm. um, you know, nobody would want to risk, um, you know, uh, connecting with somebody who could potentially have HIV in the 80s and the 90s. You know, you had to be the the most healthy uh, to avoid, uh, to have any chance of, a, of a, a romantic life. And that sort of has consisted and, and persisted. So, yeah, for me, it, it, it makes sense. Could we do better as a community? Maybe. Uh, mm. Is it on Troy Savan to do better? Maybe a tiny little bit. But like I said, this young Australian singer has done so much for queer culture and uh, Australian queer music that uh, mm -hmm. I, think, uh, I think he gets a bit of a pass. I don't know. I also think that's very much a youth culture thing. Because mm. when you get older, you do get, like, you know, the bear scene and that kind of thing. There, there is more of an emphasis. Well, not not an emphasis on diversity. A more open-mindedness to diversity as you age out of that sort of, like, twink age group. Yeah, you become a twunks. And, oh, that's such a stupid word. I, I, oh, my I God. Just, yeah, no. I, the, I just, it's this massive typology of terms. Uh, that are poorly defined. So now you have a typology where no one can agree on the terms, at which point, what's the point of having the typology? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like... There's some yeah. universals. Everyone knows a twink is, you know, Troy Sivan, Timothy Chalamet. Mm -hmm. Everyone mm -hmm. knows a silver fox is... Um, Anderson Cooper. Anderson Cooper. I was I pictured him in my mind, mm -hmm. and I couldn't uh, remember his name. But yeah, mm -hmm. those ones are those ones are easy. Uh, yeah, who's yeah, a yeah. famous bear? Who would you... Who would, who would a famous... Gay baby. Oh, I mean, oh, we went to brunch with him. That the public would know. The oh, uh, uh, famous gay bear. Oh my god! I mean, uh, uh, Barrowman has bared up a little bit in his older age. A little bit, yeah. John Barrowman, yeah, yeah, who, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. what what would Stephen Fry be? I mean, that that sort of oh, nerdy, yes. yeah, no, that sort of nerdy the, gay, a Papa, like that Papa Bear vibes for sure. Yeah, we we definitely need more of that in public. Just that sort of like coy, woo -hoo -hoo -hoo, kind of like intellectual, mm -hmm. uh, uh, happy go lucky. I mean, I wish we had the stereotype of being happy go lucky. That would be fantastic instead of being the stereotype of being snooty or mean. Or superficial uh some of which is perpetuated deliberately by people and some of which is fought against tooth and nail by others i mean it's a community it's diverse right yeah. i mean it, it comes to something when you know we i think we spoke about the sam smith video when it came out and the internal queer communities debate and and infighting around the Troy Savan video, I think really demonstrates that we are not all in agreement. 
you know, myself and you maybe in agreement that this is maybe a tornado, tornado in a teacup here. Mm. But, you know, there are close friends of ours who would disagree. And perhaps there is a social responsibility for a greater diversity in who is represented um, in music videos and things that are expressed to the broader culture. But, you know, like I said, we're, uh, we're not all in agreement. Now, we're going to jump to our first track. This is not going to be Rush by Troy Sivan. Uh, we're actually just playing all Canadian LGBTQ-identified artists. Uh, I was contacted by Grace Ma, the, uh, the artist behind 22 again, um, based out of uh, Ottawa and Toronto. Uh, I think born in Ottawa, based in Toronto now. Um, this is what uh, she told me about this track. 22 again was written after a phone call with my best friend, she struggled with chronic illness since our late teens, and that day we were talking about all the things we wish we had done before the responsibilities of adulthood had kicked in. Her mm. specifically before she'd gotten sick. The words and melody spilled out simultaneously over the next 42 minutes as I recorded on keys and voice memo in my bedroom. Since then, 22, year, 22 again has been pulling in loved ones and listeners to feel set free from the worries of life and future and live presently in youthful nostalgia. You'll never be as young as you are again today. And I don't know, I think that, yeah, let 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 mm -hmm. Troy Savan strut about with skinny twinks because that's mm. where he is in at this moment in life. And yeah. uh, I invite all of you listening to think about where you are and what we were doing at 22. Oh, if you're under 22, uh, mm -hmm. what you are doing now. This is 22 again by the incredible Grace Ma, and we will be back just after this. Na 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 It'll be fun 
the time, time's been chasing you. Gifted with the freedom that comes with being alive. It gets stressful times, hold on to your you. Hold on to your you. Welcome back to Cancre, home of Canada's queer medium. My name remains Luke Smith. And I am still Sebastian. Excellent. Now, uh, it's one of my favorite times of year where we get to talk about all of the adorable little small community prides. Um, Don't belittle them. Sorry? They're doing a good job. Don't they are. Them. I know. I know. I <laughs> Don't didn't want pat them on the head. <laughs> I didn't. I was very head patting comments, but honestly, they bring me such joy. Yes. There is something about you really get. Okay, let me let me phrase this correctly. Mm-hmm. During major festivals like Toronto Pride or Montreal or Vancouver or or even mm-hmm. ones like Ottawa, there is such scale. That you don't get that same sense of community and community building, mm-hmm. you know, you have to really zero in on on niche components of it. You have to, you know, go to a a small group thing or a single event to kind of really get that. There's there's just so many people that you can't really necessarily have that same sense of community. But in small town pride, it's you yeah. and twenty other people or a hundred yeah, yeah, yeah. people, and and you it, know, it's, it, well, yeah. also a lot of the metropolitan and, and large city prides. Uh, it's just the law of large numbers. You have so many events going on, you have so many moving parts, you have so many people involved. You're guaranteed to get at least one controversy per year per festival, just because there's so many things going on. Of course, someone is going to do something completely wrong at some point in time so they're they're kind of inherently mired in controversy just because of how many moving parts there are whether or not it turns into a controversy or not at all often has to do with their their pr and their outreach and and whether or not they account for themselves it's a different story but small town prides because they're nice and small there's just less to go wrong and more to go right Mm. and it's it they, they tend to be a lot more smooth and pleasant a lot yeah. more pleasant. It it warm it it warms your heart to participate mm. in a small town pride. You know, it yeah. also I think that intimacy from less people uh, mm-hmm. not only allows you to connect more with um, the fewer folks, people. <laughs> I mean, there might be less people. I mean, you know, um, if they were all in a container, yes, yes, or there might be lesser. <laughs> I, I think lesser of them. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, they, you're right. Thank you uh, for grammar policing. Uh, but yes, the there are often fewer people, mm-hmm. but, and which allows for that intimacy. But it also means that when there is backlash, you are that much closer to it. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have the protection of large numbers, mm-hmm. you know, when someone's yelling verbal abuse at a pride parade or what have you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, it's a double-edged sword, that greater sense of community yeah. and, and feeling of love, but also that being closer to the vitriol and the hate mm. that comes with it. I don't know. I just... Small town prides hold a hold a, a a soft spot in my heart for sure. And if if you have a recommendation on how to prove it next year, you just go two doors down and knock on Doreen's door. She's probably home. Mm-hmm. 
I like Doreen. She's nice. So yes, um, uh, the 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 ones that I could find, uh, Annapolis, Nova Scotia, uh, had uh, a Pride event. Uh, Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, they had their first Pride event. Uh, Elsa Pogtog First Nation in New Brunswick, uh, which is a Mi'kmaq Nation site, they had a a Pride. And the one that really interested me, this one I thought was really cool. So Small Point, Adams Cove, Blackhead, and Broad Cove, with names like that, you know they're from Newfoundland. Um, they all had a, a joint pride uh, in Conception Bay North, so that's sort of the, the region. But they called it um, Come Home Queer. Oh, cute. And it was for two reasons. First of all, um, it, it happened over a couple decades. But a while ago, uh, the East Coast slowly emptied out of people as the slowly shutting down of the fisheries and uh, reduction of the industrial sector in Canada meant that there were fewer jobs and a lot of people left the East Coast, mostly actually to come here to Ottawa. So there was a, a, a huge depopulation there. And then there was the sort of uh, assumption that small towns were homophobic. So people mm. sort of rushed to the big city. So this is an event that's primarily focused on getting people to come home to small towns to the small town that you're from and feel comfortable there. Mm -hmm. So it's this nice little themed pride. Um, and all the marketing is specifically targeting lesbians. I think they know that lesbians love the countryside a little bit more than gay men this do. This is true. Any opportunity um, to chop some wood? Mm-hmm. A little bit of a stereotype. Gay men love camping. <laughs> uh, so long as they have their inflatable mattress and their generator so they can, you know... Yeah, uh, yeah, get their electric kettle to work, which is uh, not really camping at that point in time. But they love doing it for two days and then leaving, uh, which is a very different beast from living in the countryside where you have to drive two hours because you forgot to get milk. Um, so it, it's a it, yeah, it, it's a it's a cute little event. Uh, there's not much to say about it other than it happened. That's the name. That's that's where it's happening. It just it looks really positive. Uh, there is this push in a lot of small town prides to make people realize they don't have to move to Toronto to have a good life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. There are many reasons why you may want to move to Toronto. Uh, the Employment, traffic is, education. The traffic is not one of them. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> road closures, also not one of them. Um, yeah, 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 there's there's also maybe a, a list as long to dissuade you but the the point <laughs> is i think you're you're absolutely right it's about finding that pride and that sense of community where you are mm -hmm. you know and really that's that's the key piece you know it's it's interesting to think about uh human migration patterns around pride festivals because you know i was talking to some i was talking to my brother <clears throat> recently who is uh um, did you mean a... to make a sound of like literal butterflies? Did I? Yeah, it, m human migration patterns. Like we go from Mexico up to uh, southern Ontario and back <laughs> yeah, home again no, in the I, summer. This is true. Like, <laughs> like we're a flock of seagulls. Not seagulls. They don't really migrate. Uh, a flock of Canadian geese. Um, but uh -huh. no, yeah, every summer we, we migrate to, uh, to, to to the mecca of, uh, of uh, Church Street and then uh, <laughs> flutter away again. Um, but no, I, I, I bring it up because, you know, I was talking to my, my brother who has a different politics from myself and, and others mm -hmm. recently. And there's this sense of being inundated with with pride and, and gayness and then just like, oh, I don't want it shoved on my throat. Oh, there um, there's LGBT people who also complain about that. This like, is he's true. Not, Sometimes he's not alone on that. <laughs> we were watching the 24 hour news channel on TV and it's I, I blame the news channels because they just repeat yep. after about 25 minutes. You're getting the yeah. same story 
again. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, if you're sat there for a couple of hours, you're like, this is the third time I've seen this local drag queen talk about doing drag stuff. Like, I... I, I, I get it. Thank you. Move you're, on. You're um, cool. What's the weather? Yeah, yeah. But that it's more about the repetition of <laughs> yeah. of news. Um, what was where was I going with this? But yeah, no. The the reason why I bring it up is I I think that that approach of making the space that you are in more more welcoming and inviting. Yeah. Small town communities struggle to retain folks who are younger. You know, yep. a lot of our communities across Canada are, are aging disproportionately to the cities. You know, younger mm -hmm. folks aren't going there and they're not staying there as much. And I think a part of that is the perception that these small towns, these rural communities yeah. um, are predominantly nearly always conservative in terms of like federal elections and things. Mm -hmm. And that perception of, oh, maybe I'm not welcome there. You know, mm -hmm. maybe I'm not... Uh, this isn't where I can be at home. This is not where I can walk with my husband uh, and our three-year-old child without being yelled groomer at through a, a truck window. You know, I am I am sure that more people in the countryside would vote liberal if the liberals talked about farming a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like the Conservative Party locked that I mean, down. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not as convinced, but uh... <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, yeah, there actually is a demographic shift. Surely mm. you've heard of this because no one can afford to live in Toronto, even millionaires. There's been this shift for young people to move out to places like Guelph and Barrie and Brantford because they can actually afford to live there. So there is that sort of reversing of the tides where London and Paris, Ontario had this, I don't want to say explosion, but they had a small swelling of younger folks um, because they they wanted to actually start families and they couldn't afford to live in Toronto. Mm -hmm. And now that remote work is a thing. So I don't know, but it, it's still going to places that have somewhere between one and 500,000 people. Like, mm -hmm. we're not talking about small towns. We're talking about, I, I, I don't, what do you call B-tier cities, I guess you could call them. I don't want to say something that sounds insulting, but, you know, smaller cities, but not metropolitan cities. Mm -hmm. Cities. It cities. Reminds we'll me just of, call them cities. Uh, there is a by-election, I want to say in Rockland, uh, in, in Ontario, sort of outside of Ottawa. And mm -hmm. in the debates there, they were talking about the fact that, I think it's a provincial by-election, the mm -hmm. fact that that town is projected just on homes that have been approved to be built mm -hmm. to more than double in the population in the next 10 years. Ooh. You know, how do you... How do you uh, maintain uh, yeah. a community culture like that? How do you, with, with that much, how do you create a sense of permanence and and, and home with that much uh, transition yeah. well, in, in people? The people who live there are going to feel kind of displaced or at least diluted. Uh, uh, first thing that came to my mind was actually how are you going to maintain your sewage system when, when <laughs> it doubles in size? You always think about the sewage systems. They well, I'm always to, thinking yeah, about yeah. infrastructure, man. I mean, well, earlier we were talking about aquaculture mm -hmm. um, and, and drainage in, in Dutch farmers. But, it, it, yeah, no, the definitely that, that culture is there. But actually, speaking of infrastructure, I mean, that also is things like uh, local community centers, bars, sports clubs, that kind of thing. They're all going to double in size and they're going to have well, to community adapt. Community doctors, to... having a, a local doctor there, you know, it, it, all, it all ties in. And I think yeah. that it's important for these smaller communities to say, look, you know, we want everyone to feel welcome in this space. Mm -hmm. 
And the reality is that very often queer folks have double incomes and no kids, you mm -hmm. know, so they do well for the tax base, um, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it uh, goes well like that. And we both know a and local lot, small businesses and local small businesses we're obsessed yeah. with local small businesses. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. And we all know many a, a, a queer person who would vote conservative in a heartbeat. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's not necessarily a, as a as a people that we are a, a single voting block in favor of uh, of any particular party. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think small prime prides are, are great. I'm glad to see them increasing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I also think it says a lot about um, Canadian culture and a Canadian sense of belonging and home and carving out and, and not just carving out space for everyone to feel welcome, but mm -hmm. also to just express that express that most canadians the vast majority of canadians mm -hmm. are pleasant and lovely yes. and as an they're immigrant yeah. and i mean they're, they're more than fine most canadians are lovely and yeah. uh, i'll go on record saying that yeah so here's a, a nice little segue actually coming off what you said about communities trying to feel more welcoming mm -hmm. there is a small controversy coming out of our favorite medium-sized city in canada oh is it halifax Hamilton, Ontario. Hamilton. We do like Hamilton. Yeah. Very well, quickly on Halifax, just just very, very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, they have, with eight days to go, oh, no. uh, confirmed the parade route. So, oh. it's, uh, <laughs> so everyone in Halifax is really on the edge of their seat being like, will they, won't they, will they, won't they? They've, they've with eight days to go, confirmed <laughs> the route. And I was wondering, I was like, wow, that's not very great communication from this Pride organization. So I looked up Toronto Pride in the whole of this last year. They issued two press statements. That was it. Oh, and okay. both of them were related to uh, lines uh, or rather or queues, if you're British, uh, to get in and out of the venues. That was the only statements they made. Um, so Pride's not being communicative uh, is mm. not just a Halifax problem. Sorry, right. yes. Tell me more about Hamilton. Yes, yeah, so the the all of the uh, police community outreach um, committees are it's worth, under. Can we just give a, the context here for why this committee in Hamilton is important? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said you were going to do. It. Okay. No, I said sorry. can we? I, I thought you would just like. Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> I thought uh, you said I'm going to do. Okay, sorry. Why a police community thing in Hamilton? Is, is right. relevant, yeah. Well, uh, some of these are actually mandated. So mm -hmm. there is a an outreach committee between uh, police and local advocates for people with disabilities, mm -hmm. for example, because putting handcuffs on somebody with mobility issues, there's all sorts of stuff there that there's training and then there's outreach and all that kind of thing. Um, historically, there has been uh, a real attempt at, at fostering a better relationship between the LGBT community and the police in various communities across Canada because of that history of open homophobia, especially with the bathhouse raids, um, treatment of uh, activists in the 80s and 90s for, for basic human rights, for legal rights. Um, and uh, what's actually happening currently in Hamilton is most of the committees that are not under provincial regulation, because some of them are required by law, uh, are under review. Hmm. And it's not that they're going to discontinue them. It's that they're going to restructure them. And one of the problems that they have is currently the current structure is uh, community organizations send representatives to the, the, the committee, and then they just talk about the issues of the day and they resolve them. They try to find solutions and whatnot. 
But what's happening is people in Hamilton are complaining about community gatekeeping, that these organizations are speaking on behalf of people who don't feel represented by those organizations. Now, it's a plurality issue. You're going to have one... you're going to have one organization that represents your your thoughts and beliefs and wants and needs perfectly. You're going to have another one that basically opposes them because something to do with their mandate. They're just into certain goals that are that don't necessarily benefit you. Sometimes you'll have an organization that on paper represents you perfectly, but the, the person that they send to represent them is the worst member of the organization and mm-hmm. they're just bad sometimes you get somebody who's excellent from a bad organization it's it's a crapshoot so what hamilton is thinking about doing is skipping over this and going to direct to community events now if you've ever seen parks and recreation the tv show written and starred by emmy puller uh, it may end up looking like that of just you're in a school gymnasium and it's absolute bedlam and people are asking questions that do not make sense and they have to sit there and answer them professionally. Or it could actually turn out to be a positive experience where community members who do not feel heard do feel heard by the police instead of having to pass through these gatekeepers. Now, the problem is both of those concerns are being openly aired in the local media hamilton has a very strong local media which is why we report on them all the time because they actually have people reporting on stuff um it's being discussed in the uh, committee meetings themselves it's being discussed in the community all the various local community groups you can go to their websites a lot of them have something to say about this shift some of them are for it some of them are against it it's absolute chaos nobody can agree on whether or not this is even a good thing you have a lot of people saying I agree with the principle, but I don't trust them to execute it properly, which I am willing to bet that's probably your attitude. I see what you're trying to do. I don't trust you to do it well. Yeah, I mean, the (laughs) listeners obviously can't see this, but the sheer amount of skepticism on my Mm -hmm. face Mm -hmm. uh, is beyond palpable. It is, Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know, because we look at other models, right? We look at... Uh, in 1991, the Ottawa Police Service rolled out their liaison committee, built much the same way mm-hmm. as this bridge. It, now, to give and it people... was the first in Canada, so they exactly. kind of set the model. So to give folks yeah. an example that might be quite good here, uh, for example, there was, I remember because I, I was working there at the time, there mm-hmm. was an increase in uh, public indecency, let's say, uh, oh. at one of the major malls in the washrooms there. And they said, we're yes. going to crack down on it. Get the word out. This is not acceptable. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was described as this is pre-pan, whatever. So, but it was more about getting the word out to the community, and we were able to then uh, the the community organisations were able to clarify. Look, given where this mall is, the demographic there is predominantly government workers. Yep. You know, if you go coming in with your badge first, there's going to be a, a significant reaction. So it's about that educational, that two-way communication. Mm-hmm. Um, the auto police also, re- I'm doing air quotes here, reviewed mm-hmm. um, their approach to the community, and they just mothballed it. And, uh, yeah, there is now no effective communication between the LGBT community and the auto police. And I, I think do, we saw that come up at the recent Pride events. Like, things, yeah. uh, that, that communication breakdown yeah. is not great. In Toronto, mm-hmm. they have, they went a different approach where they have 
the LGBT liaison officer. I think they may even have two of them now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is such a breakdown of trust between mm-hmm. the LGBT community in Toronto and mm-hmm. TPS as a service mm-hmm. that having your, your token go-to officer is really insufficient. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, wow, you are lovely, but every other, your your systems of control, the, the mm-hmm. officers in charge, the department heads, you know, the, the, the fact that TPS is structurally not where it needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That also hasn't effectively worked, you know. So where do, you, where, where do we find something that does work? There hasn't yeah. really been a model that makes sense. I mm-hmm. don't know if allowing every Tom, Dick, and Harry to walk into a, 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 a an assembly room and and uh, air air the laundry uh, is mm-hmm. the best approach, but these other approaches taken elsewhere also not that great. So I don't know. I don't know. There don't is know. an issue with uh, gatekeeping in the community, though. Yeah, but there's also an issue of um, the police almost not. I'm not going to say pretending to listen. But mm. going through the motions of consulting and enge- I'm doing air quotes again, yeah, consulting yeah. and engaging the community, and then it resulting in absolutely nothing happening. Yeah. You know, the fact that the community for months and months and months, if not a year or two, was telling mm-hmm. TPS, Toronto Police Service, there is a serial killer. And they're like, yes, yes, great, wonderful. We're going to look for a cannibal out of the Netherlands, um, mm-hmm. you know, and just paid zero attention. Yeah, I'm yeah. not being uh, hyperbolic here. The judge's report into the TPS handling of uh, Bruce MacArthur's uh, serial killings mm-hmm. really tore them to shreds for that exact same reason, that their communication with the community yep. failed epically. And yep. I don't know. I wouldn't want to see Hamilton going the same way. The committee structure, at least at least on paper, has an accountability structure there. Mm-hmm. That you agree to do this thing and everyone in the room is a representative of an organization that can hold that against you later on if mm-hmm. you fail to meet that, or at least fail to try. At least try, buddy. At least try. And if you scrap the committee structure, you might lose that accountability even if you're gaining more voices. It's it's a balancing act. Uh, I do not envy them because I, I think reviewing this kind of thing, it should be done. Even if things are going well, you should review these things. You I, could always do better. I want but... to just share a, a success here because I think that there are many moments of success in, in how this communication worked. Sticking mm-hmm. to the Bruce MacArthur piece, mm-hmm. when the news broke of him being a serial killer in the Toronto area, um, the organizations in Ottawa were like, wow, you know, we're hearing through the grapevine that this guy came and did some gardens up in, in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are the chances of cold cases and, and missing people in in mm-hmm. this area. And it was the ability to interact directly with the right department, the right people, asking the right questions mm-hmm. to the right... If anyone's worked with bureaucrats, the right questions to the right people is really the magic, uh, magic formula. And phrased correctly. Exactly. And then <laughs> within about two weeks, they did a search. They did a, of, of the national database that TPS mm-hmm. refused to participate in. And they real they reported back saying that, yeah we we looked into it we reviewed all our cold cases for this mm-hmm. kind of criteria and can confidently say that no he didn't uh, kill anybody in in the area so mm-hmm. communication works really well when when there is trust and and openness in both directions yep so I think that it, it is incredibly valuable mm-hmm. it's good stuff well I mean when done well 
when done well. I yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I get certainly a little bit uh, worked up with uh, police community liaison yeah. uh, uh, discussions. Let's jump to something a little bit more lighthearted. This is Safe by Cupid's Heart. And then when we get back, I think we have a quick rundown of some international news. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you have anything else on your, uh, your list there, uh, uh, Seb? Nothing major. All right, cool. We'll be back just after this. This is Safe by Cupid's Heart. Welcome back to Cancri, home of Canada's queer media. We are uh, we have about five ten minutes, uh, but I wanted to share the story out of Hungary, mm-hmm. and uh, it was uh, Budapest Pride this past weekend. And uh, just very quickly recap: Hungary has a law in place where you can't promote 
uh, homosexuality to anyone under the age of 18. They recently fined a bookstore for the Heartstopper book series, which is an adorable right. Netflix series. I, rec mm -hmm. I recommend it. And such a pleasant book to read. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a book. It's a graphic novel. It takes you like all yep. of five minutes to get through it. Um, but I wanted to bring it up because the Canadian Embassy in uh, Hungary, along with about uh, 37 others, have signed on to a statement that's been put out by the U.S. Embassy, mm -hmm. a joint statement on the occasion of the 28th Budapest Pride Festival. Uh, I'll quickly read it here. The Canadians have uh, signed on to this. And I quote, on the occasion of the 28th Budapest Pride Festival, we, the undersigned embassies and cultural institutions, express our full support for members of the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, uh, LGBTQI+, community in Hungary and their rights to equality, non-discrimination, freedom of expression, and peaceful assembly, and freedom from violence. Respect for the rule of law and universal human rights are the foundations upon which democratic states are built. They go on to say, we reject and condemn all acts of violence, hate speech, harassment, stigmatization, discrimination, communicating against individuals and communities. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. It is a heck of a statement. Um, but essentially, it is, they obviously are celebrating pride. It is a bit of a slap on the wrist for the Hungarian government under Viktor Orban. Um, they have also been taken to court in the EU for how this law may uh, not comply with, with European law. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it's really interesting. The The ambassador for the US in Hungary, who is openly gay, uh, was hosting a picnic open to families at the embassy, which is obviously US <laughs> territory, mm -hmm. um, and uh, really sort of celebrating pride and, and openness uh, very much uh, in in almost defiance of Viktor Orban's uh, Hungarian government um, mm. and the laws that are in place. I just thought it was an interesting story given that uh, the Canadian embassy has also signed on to this particular uh, letter. Mm -hmm. Did you see any other any news that you wish to uh, impart with our listeners? I saw a few smaller ones. Uh, they passed a law at the... Actually, no, I think this is old. No, it's not an old. It has been, no, this is old. I will skip this. Um, there is a new uh, uh, survey on, on international uh, travel for same-sex couples on honeymoons. And what yes. they actually found was that a very large number of them, 44% um, uh, of them prioritize overall destination experience over local attitudes. And a lot of people are going to places like Dubai, South Africa, places in, in Eastern Africa, despite local laws, uh, because they just want to have a good time in a in a interesting location. Now, what they did find is that everyone doing this is also selecting private villas. They're not mm. going to hotels. They're going to private villas where they're not going to be spotted by neighbors. Um, but they are finding it kind of interesting that this is a, a trend in and among uh, LGBT people, but they are still finding actually the top destinations are places like Canada, Iceland, Norway, England, France, like a lot of the the sort of uh, um, places that do actually have human rights. 
uh, that it, they do top the list, but they're actually just finding a lot more people are going to places like Indonesia and Malaysia than than you might suspect. That is quite surprising. You know, we the the pink dollar, pink tourism, i.e., the gay community. Mm-hmm. You know, there is definitely folks out there trying to recruit them uh, and and advertise to to mm-hmm. to queer folks. Like I said earlier in the show, typically double income, no kids, mm-hmm. um, which means that they're able to maybe spend on on more vacations, etc. Um, yeah, that's 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 disappointing. I am disappointed in the gays for going to uh, countries you... that are that are uh, actively yeah. persecuting their own community. But if you're, for example, uh, someone of Indonesian descent living in Canada, uh, that's, and you want to go—that's one thing. That's one right. thing. But going to the UAE for the beaches when uh, when their approach to LGBT rights is not maybe where it needs to be. I personally would rather spend my money on a country where I don't have to feel guilty about how they're rep- working with their own communities. But I would rather honeymoon in a place that never sees the sun and where there's always ice on the ground. Yeah, I, so I'm definitely a cold weather guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so gonna, I mean, other than Siberia, Nunavut, I think <laughs> a Scotland, actually, because the, the fog there keeps the sun from touching you. This is that's true. Why, yeah, that's why they're all ghostly Gray, white up there. Pallid. Yeah. All right. We have run out of time with our wonderful review of Scottish weather. Uh, this <laughs> we are playing out with Sleepy Northern Town by the Van Stones. I've been Luke Smith. And I've been Sebastian. And thank you for listening. a train to arrive standing there barefoot longer than I knew I should can my patience survive they say the good things come to those who wait but if that train's gonna stop here it's coming awful Another desperate spring